This episode is sponsored by Shaunamoles, a town of huggable ninjas, mustaches with mustaches, and adorable pet dumplings. Rediscover your imagination with Shaunamoles toys and games. Last week on General Hainspital. So long as them doctors never find out my real plan, I stand to make plenty of money. <laughs> Too right. Doctor, I just got word from the EVPR. I'm afraid the patient didn't live. Damn it! Nurse Taffanai can't do this anymore! Come on! Not another one! It just doesn't get any easier! Damn it! Dr. Deepon, thank God you're here. This man just came in. I think he's having a heart attack. Hey, buddy. Get me one of those bags with the clear liquids in it and then one of the machinings with the squiggling lines. Also, the, those paddles that I can't lick anymore. This week's special guest, Sybil Pascrat as wealthy socialite Georgia Guidestone, and Nebraska Slathert reprising her role as Dr. Leah Lines. Ms. Guidestone, so pleased you decided to come to my small party of just you and me, eh? <laughs> Why, GT Mongoose, I never thought I'd see you here in the hospital cafeteria. Well, I like to take a rather direct interest in my administration of this particular hospital. I've always considered myself to be a bit of a hands-on kind of guy. <laughs> You're too cheeky. Why, Mr. Mongoose? Oh, come on now, love. We're old friends now. Call me Jeff. Jeff, I declare... Are you more interested in me or the multi-million dollar granite company I run? Couldn't it be both, love? <laughs> because I both find you attractive and also I like to have your money. I'm sorry, Jeff, but I'm going to have to tell you to leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Good day. She's more wily than a king cobra, that one is. But don't you worry, I know just what to do with cobras. Be- because I'm I'm a mongoose. And that's what I mean. We're mongoose, we fight cobras, that's the thing we do. Hey, thanks for your time, bro. I just got a few more things I need to know. Hey, buddy, I'm already answering your questions. Lots of them's too. You're not making the arrestings of me, eh? I don't want to come into your hospital and make trouble for you. I mean, you're not even who I'm after. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd already be out of here. I don't want to prosecute you. I just got to find King Arthur. Also, I got to find out who's been selling prescription drugs out the back door of the hospital in addition to black market organs. But mostly, 
I mean, my priority here is King Arthur. And also, there's been some shady real estate dealings in the area regarding the holding corporation that holds the deed on this hospital in 1GT Mongoose. But even that, I feel like it's a red herring. I think the real kingpin of this is King Arthur. I don't know nothing about any kingings. I don't also know about any of the prescriptions of the drugs. Any organs we don't use, we throw in the trashing can. Well, sometimes I save them in the paper bags for my goat. Hey, buddy, I gotta Hi, tell you. Buddy. I gotta tell you, I'm not here to jam you up, and I know you. I know you. I, I gotta tell you, I can see. I like the, jam. I can tell that you're very upset since the disappearance of, of Dr. Leah Lines, and I don't. I, you know, I'm not even investigating that. I'm. I gotta. I, I'm, I'm here for King Arthur. It was saddest day of professional and careers. When Dr. Lines left, she was lovings of my life. Not since I had notorious Grofdova back in Kyrgyzstan when I was 16 of the years old. No more that I loved her so than I did of the family goat. When the goat ate my backpack, that night the gravel sandwich she tasted so bad. Sometimes I like to take the clear bags here in the hospital and lay down on them and think to myself, this is what woman feels like if you had one. I almost had one with Dr. Lines, but now I don't have one. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm just here to find King Arthur, and I mean, it'd be nice if I found Dr. Leia Lines, but I'm just here for King Arthur. Did somebody call for me? General Hainspital will return after a word from our sponsors. There, there should have been a ghost because it was called Hainspital, but there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> people, people tried to be saved from death. <laughs> yeah, wrong. Hey, everybody. Hello, good I people. I am David Flora, and I do my damnedest every day to wake up, look God square in the eye, and say, I'm Dave Stecco, dang it. And it works. Dr. Dave Stecco. And this is Blurry Photos. (laughs) The only Blurry Photos you've listened to today. (laughs) Actually, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, shoot. Could be binging. Binging. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We've been doing this dumb thing all day where we try to pretend to be the fattest person we can, and it seems the catchphrase is, oh, boy. (laughs) We've been doing it a lot. Mm. Oh, boy. (laughs) We're we're terrible people in real life, just as terrible as we are on here. Everybody knows that by now. There is no surprises there. Well, we're in the uh, the midst of May. That's right. Welcome to the Ides of May. We're we're in deep. How we're putting deep? putting your ears to sleep. Nice. I, I don't I don't want to slow our roll here, but we do have a confession of sorts, dear listeners, our beloved family. We have failed you. Well, more accurately, Flores failed you. I, I'm to blame for all of our woes. Yeah. Usually May yep. is the month of the Miscrypted Contest. Yeah, and we had also planned for that up until just a couple hours ago. 
And, 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 and after we had recorded episode one of yeah, this we, It's actually already recorded because we were like, May, that's when we do that. Then we realized with Flora going to Arkansas? No. Where, where are you going, Flora? Farther than that. Oh, Alabama. <laughs> Ireland. Uh, Flora's going to going, Ireland. Yeah, he's going to Ireland. So, so obviously, you know, we, we're recording our episodes in advance so that we can, you know, still make sure that the bread comes out of the oven on time each and every week. But we, there's no way for us to uh, uh, <laughs> draw winners. Yeah, we can't draw winners. We can't tell or not you, draw winners, but but uh, yeah, tally the vote and tell you about it. Yeah, we, there's no way for us to to do that properly with him gone because we have to, you know, record that for every episode. So. We thought of like some, so honestly, some like ridiculously elaborate ways yeah, of doing like it. Like they made eighties movies out of these. Yeah. Plans. And then we're like, well, we could just push it back a month and guess what? Neither of us burst into flames when we had the idea. So <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're uh, June this year. June. And don't worry, 2016, right back in May. Yeah. Unless Flora is going to Zanzibar. Oh, shit, you're going to Zanzibar. You son of a bitch. Uh, so yeah, so June 2015 Miss Cryptic Contest, we have not ignored it. We just, owing to Flora's international gallivanting, we have to push that off. Yeah, sorry everybody, but you know, we'll be back to it. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah, boy. And by the way, um, Irish friends, who who I'm guessing there are zero, because I have heard nothing from oh, anyone. Oh, I want, I want, please, please, someone write in, email, any way of saying, oh, Mr. Flora, I, I'm from Ireland. I, I, I live in, in, in County Cork. You can go f*** yourself. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't cross the street to slap you. <laughs> I don't want to have a drink with you. F*** you. little Scottish towards the end. <laughs> little Scottish towards the end. I, I felt it happen. I, felt there's a, I there's saw a, it in your eyes, too. There's a gravity to yeah. the Scottish accent that is hard to... Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Maybe this will sweeten the deal. I'll be in Dublin from the 21st through the 24th and then i'll be in belfast from the 26th through the 28th Ooh! so if if you're around those parts the rest of the time which is like another week's worth pretty much you'll be in parts I, I'm, unknown i'm driving around i'm gonna try not to uh get in horrible accidents wow yeah you're gonna drive yeah it's gonna take focus a stick shift dude with my left hand Ooh, that's exciting did you, I mean, do you, 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 you know how to drive a stick shift. Very well versed in driving a yeah. stick shift. Yeah. Drove one for years, but, uh, yeah. Well, left-handed translating. Stick shift. I, I think I'll be fine. Is, now here's my question. Is the layout of the gears mirrored is, is no, first still closest to your leg or still, first is first is where first always is. Is where it always is from what I've seen so wow. far. Wow. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Although I think reverse might be in a different spot. Reverse is but. always in weird ass places. <laughs> that's that's always a wild card. There's no yeah. there's no help in that. But we also did get a, a an inexpensive rental car, so it, it could be on on the ceiling for all I know. Yeah, I, I could be like <laughs> pulling pulling levers on the on the ceiling. That, that Simpsons car that had a big fly as the hood ornament, and it, <laughs> it gets so many hectares to the decaliter to, or the, to the hog's head. <laughs> yeah, so many hog's head to the gallon. Yeah. Uh anyways, that's what's happening. May is is jam packed. Yeah. We we've been well, I'd like to say we've lost weight working our uh 
asses off with with this stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. the work that we do for this doesn't translate into uh, poundage. Yeah, well, say speak for yourself. I've been um, oh, cl- clenching my butt cheeks over and over the whole time mm. we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. My butt's so strong now. You're doing butt kegels. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you're here for right now. <laughs> I hope to God you aren't. That's just what's going on. Yeah. We're doing great. You're great. It's getting, getting warm. Blur. But this week, this episode, we are going to talk about a mysterious disease. <laughs> Asterisk. Is it real? Is it fake? What's important is that people are suffering. <laughs> and we're, we're talking about it. Yeah. That's right. We're talking about Morgellons disease. That's right. Morgellons. <laughs> Brought to you by whatever I said at the end of that sentence, we're going to get sued by. So just <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about what it is, when it started, and what is to be done about this. What can be done? What has been done? Yeah. What, what do people and do? Who did it? Who done it? Some explanations. You yeah. know, a couple the huge. Yeah, it, it's been a little bit in the news. You may have you may have recently seen it. We'll get to it a little bit later in the show, but it actually generated a few headlines about a month or so back. So we'll yeah. uh, and and years back, it it was generating news segments and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So let's kick this thing off. Flora, yeah. Morgellons disease. You want to know about Morgellons? You you want to know about this? You can't handle it. You want me to take it to the bridge? <laughs> take it to the bridge. Morgellons is a supposed disease in which the following can occur. Skin lesions. Pain in the joints. Nope. Fatigue. Pass. Memory loss. What? Crawling, biting, or stinging sensations. And perhaps the most unnerving, odd fibers which seem to emerge from the skin. Yeah. Now, it. Yeah. there's a, a lot of people report this feeling, just to be clear, that there's crawling on or under their skin. Um, the, uh, the sensation of something moving over them, uh, everyone's gotten the Ghibli's before, and this is just a horrifying version of that. Yeah. Um, but then, and then there's these fibers Yeah. Uh, and there, you can, you can Google this. There's no limit of, of pictures of them. We're going to, we're going to go into that in detail, but just as a, as we, as we're going through the symptomatic portion that it would, the, the people who, who are saying I have more gallons are saying that these fibers are growing out of the lesions. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm, I'm carefully choosing my words here because I, and I want to get this out right off the bat, whether or not the medical community agrees on what Morgellons disease is, or if it is its own disease. And we're going to get into all this. What is important is that the people who have it aren't, aren't making it up. They have a problem. These lesions are happening. These people are, are miserable. They're in pain. And they're they're you know they're not doing it for the attention. That's for damn sure. So, and I, I just want to get that right off the bat. Debatable. <laughs> uh, they you know, and so it's important that while we're discussing, is this its own disease? Is it another disease that's already been described? You know what what's going on here? Um, just to just to keep in mind that yeah, these people are suffering. Like they're not happy about it, and it's it's it is a, a you know again. If you Google to look up the fibers, you're going to see the lesions. These, this is, it looks awful. It looks yeah. really terrible. Yeah, as most lesions do. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bog standard for a lesioning. <laughs> um, so I just want to get that out. Moving onward. I, I, and if we're getting things out right now, I'll, I'll get this out. Whoa, watch out. Uh, Flora, put it away. <laughs> 
this this episode at the end of it ah, you won't have more gallons at the end of it you might feel like you do right because some of these things make you make your skin crawl yeah make you itch a little bit just exactly. thinking about it yes you can't look at these the pictures or read the read the stories yeah and i i i my my whole thing is to i mean this is a thing that that goes through a debunk a fire mm-hmm. you know that's going to be a part of this podcast but i i it, to me personally it's important that i separate the the clinical description of morgellons disease as its own thing from Funky Town? From Funky Town. But, from, you know, I have to separate that from saying, oh, we think all these people are full of shit. Boo. They're not. They're sad. They're unhappy. They're, they've, right. got a, they've got something wrong with them, and their skin is oozing. Come on. Yeah. They're, they're crying for help. Yeah. Let's get back to describing it a little bit. These fibers, yeah. in many cases colored red, blue, or black, are said to be of unknown material and origin, but sometimes they're said to move on their own and exhibit characteristics of some kind of organism or maybe even nanotechnology. Ooh. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Yeah, you don't... Come on, put that shit back in the top hat until right. the end. That's All the right. big finish. All right. Back under the cover you go. All right. Jesus. Theories on the source of the disease range from psychological disorders and delusional infestations to biological agents, chemtrails, and yes, even aliens. Uh, Sucolo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Aliens. <laughs> 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 I like that we're, <laughs> we're going to start remixing the, the cue for the sound effect. <laughs> stop pressing the button, dude. Well, they don't stop. <laughs> um. Su 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 close. Su 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 close. There's a Greek that's been on my mind <laughs> all the time. Su 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 close. <laughs> you know what? Might not. That might have to be a future musical intro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, does not currently recognize Morgellons as a legitimate disease, although thousands of people beg to differ. There is, <laughs> uh, uh, and in one, as in one giant army, they raise one finger, go, um, actually, <laughs> um, actually, I beg it to differ. There's estimated to be around thirteen thousand reported cases in the world currently apparently mostly in the u.s people who say they suffer from it claim to live in a perpetual nightmare of pain itching crawling sensations wounds that won't heal and most of the, these people are not taken seriously by their doctors Ugh. the one silver lining to the apparent condition is that sufferers note no other diseases while affected by Morgellons, as if the condition fights off other illnesses. There are no known causes, treatments, or cures for Morgellons, and there's a firestorm of controversy over whether or not it's even real. 
So now is the time on Sprockets of Every Dance. What if I get you into ding ding? Ding ding! Oh. This is like becoming an accidental musical episode. Like they all do. Hey, Flora. I have some questions for you. <laughs> yeah. What if you and I were walking down the beach just as the sun sets and we are watching the dolphins frolic in the surf? Oh, and one more thing. I kicked you in the ding ding. What if I kicked you in the ding 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 ding? What if I kicked you in the ding 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 ding? What if I kick? What if I kick? What if I kick? What if I kick? What if I kick you in the ding 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 ding? Every time. Every time. Uh, let's go through the history of it. Okay. Now, now's the time in Sprockets where we go through the history. Oh. Morgellons is a fairly recent phenomenon, having come to public awareness in the early 2000s. That's a new millennium disorder. <laughs> <laughs> like Tommy disorder? <laughs> the Dodgers coach? <laughs> uh, though some would argue it has been around for longer with people having been misdiagnosed or not treated throughout the years. Let's start in 1674, however. Whew, that's a long time ago. In a monograph entitled Letter to a Friend, Sir Thomas Brown coins the term Morgellons when he writes of a disorder afflicting children, saying, Quote, Hairs which have most amused me have not been in the face or head, but on the back, and not in men, but children. As I long ago observed in the endemial distemper of the little children of Languedoc, called the Morgellons, wherein they critically break out in harsh hairs on their backs, which takes off the unquiet symptoms of the disease and delivers them from coughs and convulsions. So, so there you go in, in really florid, silly towns saying these kids break out on their backs with hairs. But once that happens, they, they cease to have other symptoms, other coughs, or other ailments. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. In 1682, Dr. Michel et Muller documents microscopic objects associated with what was then described as a worm infestation of children. He produces a drawing that the Morgellons Research Foundation believes appears similar to some microscopic views of present-day Morgellons. Hmm. 1682. Uh, still with children, though, interestingly enough. Yeah, and, and, and you have to also remember, historically, I mean, back then, just about everyone had a parasitic infection of one kind or another. <laughs> I mean, it, it, whether it was... Well, they were getting w- human waste poured on them in the st- when they walked down the street. Exactly. <laughs> or if you walked barefoot anywhere, you're getting hookworms. If you have, uh, you know, you, you're eating undercooked pork, you're, you, there's mm-hmm. so many sources of parasites that it, it's very difficult to dodge at that time. I should also note we're taking this from... Uh, Stanford.edu site. Um, oh, well, I guess it's just so trustworthy then. Grow up, Flora. <laughs> <sighs> you want truth? You got to go to Yahoo, brother. It's got answers in the name. 
It also has Yahoo, which means it's, like, it's probably going to be really fun. <laughs> Jesus. In 1935, British physician C.E. Kellett publishes a paper entitled Sir Thomas Brown and the disease called the Morgellons, in which he equates the word Morgellons as deriving from the term maskless, meaning little flies. Huh. 2001. Jumping ahead. A hosp- Just a bit. Hospital lab technician from Boston named Mary Latow said her two-year-old son developed sores on his mouth and complained of, quote-unquote, bugs. So she looked at these sores under his toy microscope and saw colored fibers embedded in them. After taking him to eight different doctors with no diagnosis, she took him to a pediatrician at Johns Hopkins named Fred Hildrich, who found nothing odd about the sores and wrote to the referring physician that Latow would benefit from a psychiatric evaluation and support. There was also a suggestion that Mary might even suffer from Munchausen's by proxy, a psychiatric syndrome in which a parent pretends a child is sick or makes them sick to get attention from the medical system. She went on to name the disease Morgellons after the brown letter. <laughs> I'm saying brown with that E on the end, by <coughs> yeah, the way. Brown. 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 Uh, after the brown letter from 1674 and continued to research it and try to find help for her son. In 2002, Mary Latow. 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 Yeah, Latow. Latow. Found the Morgellons Research Foundation. So she's like, hey, it's time to do this. You need someone who's smart, organized, and believes in the project to be the director. Also, she's smoking hot. She looks good in a pantsuit. It's me. She becomes the executive yeah, director. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's her. It's, it's Mary. Uh, in 2004, the MRF, as it became to know, because we say it so often, who's got the time? Uh, becomes an official nonprofit, uh, which would eventually claim to have received self-identified reports of Morgellons from all 50 U.S. states and in 15 other countries, including such luminaries as Canada, the U.K., Australia, and the Netherlands. This is the same year that uh, Major League Baseball pitcher Billy Koch could be Koch. I'm not a baseball guy, so sorry about that. Uh, claimed to have the disease and cited it as why he quit baseball at the age of 29. Although his numbers had gotten worse since 2002. Yeah, everybody's numbers get worse. Then they're like, hey, what about that juice everybody's on? <laughs> June 2005, Senators Diane Feinstein and Illinois' very own Dick Durbin contact the CDC requesting that the organization formally investigate Morgellons. So they lobby to get this thing checked out uh, by the powers that be. Diane Feinstein and Dick Durbin were like, you know what? We'll listen to you. There were other senators involved as, as well, I believe, uh, pushing for it, including one you may have heard of, Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Obama was one of the, uh, was, was, was a proponent of getting this thing checked out too, I believe. Right, right. Good for him. In 2006, Dr. Randy Wymore. At Why Oklahoma- not? <laughs> Why less? <laughs> at Oklahoma State University. Got interested in Morgellons after reading about it online. People started sending him samples of fiber. He maintained that even though these shipments came from all over the U.S., 
the blue and red fibers they contained resembled one another. He passed 20 samples on to the forensics team in the Tulsa Police Department. The lab reported that they were unable to match the chemical structure of the fibers to any of the hundreds in their database. And when they heated the fibers to the highest temperature possible in their lab, 700 degrees Fahrenheit, nothing happened. Ooh, interesting. Which, at that point, was a pretty good kickoff for when the uh, media really started to pick up more stories about the disease. Mm -hmm. June of 2006, the CDC Morgellons Task Force, chaired by Dan Rutz, first meets. August of 2006, three executive board members of the Morgellons Research Foundation resign over a financial dispute after a disagreement with Letao about the use of some charitable donations. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Weird one. Well, I mean, yeah, you never, that's the tough thing. You know, we, we've talked about that before, like charities that help fund disease research. I, you know, they're, they're hard to keep on they, the straight and narrow. They are, are can't they, live with them. They can't pee standing up. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I personally, I think the money should be raised for diseases, but I, I also feel like those turn into corporations really, really fast. But, you know, then then you're like, oh, so you're against people donating money to, to prevent cancer? I'm against donating money to prevent people who are preying on people who are afraid of cancer from paying their mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Or buying a boat. Right. You know, I or, or, I or having you. their official trademark shade of pink used illegally. Ooh. Yeah. No, we own that pink. We own that pink Ooh. and we will we will protect it in a court of law. Also, we're fighting to own the word pink. <laughs> right. In November of 2006, the American Journal of Dermatology publishes a letter and two opinion pieces on Morgellons. The journal's stance is that dermatologists should treat Morgellons patients not for a parasitic infection, but with promatazine, an antipsychotic used to treat delusional parasitosis. Hey, oh, yeah. So that's, I mean, there, there you go. That's, that's them saying it's not a disease. This is for people who have it in their heads. This is a psychosomatic illness, mm-hmm. which is a problem. That's, that's, you know, that's them saying, uh, not only are you miserable, you're miserable with a, a psychological problem. Yeah. You're, with the you're side crea- of loony. Yeah. You're creating this problem yourself. In March of 2007, the CDC removes their page on delusional parasitosis from their website section on parasitic diseases. A couple months later, in an interview with, with an, in an interview with KGW News, uh, Dan Rutt says that the CDC's Morgellons research is beginning, but that he has a quote a pretty good idea that there is not an infection process here. There is nothing to imply that there is one, but our mind is open to everything, including that remote possibility. Doesn't sound like a very auspicious start. Well, I mean, I think that what they're saying is uh, none of their initial research is pointing in that direction. You know, and I, again, I don't know what they've done. I don't know what that research includes, but it sounds like they definitely have a direction that they want to go. And I don't know if is, is that, you know, if you're of a conspiracy mindset is that they, they're already trying to hide it. So they're trying to move away from the actual source of it, or is it that they're so, uh, you know, and, and I've seen this in plenty of people's opinions. There's a, there's a scientific arrogance like, oh, well, since we don't already know about this, then we think that you guys are all crazy. So we're not even going to take the time to research right. those people who believe that. 
Um, and then, you know, I, I, I would count myself in this third category that they would say, well, their initial research into this is tacking in a direction that, that doesn't seem to include parasit, uh, parasitosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that, but he's saying, you know, it still could be, we just haven't found it yet. We're leaving that door open, but truth be told, we think that the, our, our efforts are best focused in this area. Yeah. So I don't know. Sounds like he's kind of. I mean, it sounds like he's kind of still covering all of his bases on it. Yeah, covering the bases is a good way to put it. I think. Uh, in June of 2007, Kaiser Permanente is brought in to assist with the research, and then the U.S. You can't trust the Kaiser. True story, bro. And then the U.S. Armed Forces Institute of Pathology and also the American Academy of Dermatology were brought in in 2008 to help. Kaiser Permanente. It's a huge medical conglomerate. Yeah. Like if you if you look up what it is, even if you go to, to Wikipedia and look up what it is, it to me, it infuriates me what they call it yeah. on Wikipedia because it's it's like... Uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it is sort of like a, the medical equivalent of 3M. They just, they just, they're, they're, hand, they're, they're just all over the place. They're involved in a lot of stuff, stuff you don't, be, you know, even be aware of. Here we go. It's it's described as an integrated managed care consortium. I just it, that that makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know that it's it's so bureaucratic and and. F- well, that's the thing. I mean, they're, it's it's just fuckery, is what it is. I mean, they're so they're so huge. They're into insurance. They're into research. They're they're all over the place. And again, that's why that's why I liken them to 3M. 3M, to my mind, is just one of those companies that like. I don't know. They're probably in my cornflakes. Like 3M is just, they just make a little piece of everything that you use. That sticks to other things. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like everyone's familiar with the tape products and adhesives, but man, those guys are all over the place. Oh yeah. Anything like Scott, Scotch blank is, yeah. is 3M. Sure. Uh, anyway, I don't, moving. I don't feel to me. I don't feel like it's as evil empire. 3M isn't isn't comparative to to Kaiser Permanente. Well, it's because they don't do healthcare. I mean, like as far as reach in their market, they're probably they're, they're almost certainly far more advanced than Kaiser Permanente. Like as far as like determining the course of an industry, as far as their their sway in their sector, mm-hmm. 3M I think is probably way more powerful than Kaiser Permanente. But you know, maybe I'm apples and oranging it. I don't know. That just that just popped into my head. Neither here nor there. Oh, moving on because of all the money that Kaiser Permanente just started to pay me in the last 12 seconds. <laughs> you would get a lot. God, I wish I'd be a shill. I'll, I'll sell you guys out in a heartbeat. I was like, I used to be about the truth, but now I'm about delicious, smooth Chesterfield. <laughs> You're an ass. Yeah, I am. Well, they, they make like a billion and a half profit every year. Probably more than that now. And I want such a, tiny fraction of it such a small amount it's blood money man i know i know and i could buy such absorbent paper towels to get the blood off my hands made by kaiser permanente <laughs> yeah kaiser permanente brand blood towels <laughs> the only towels to get your hands clean from all the blood on them the only towels that'll clean your money that we've given you <laughs> we're really really <laughs> with litigious people at this point let's, let's get the boat back to safer waters honk honk aruga thunder sound In November 4th, 2009, the CDC issued a preliminary report on their findings. Um, What did it say? 
Well, it, it said, uh, we don't think this is a thing. Does anybody else want to check our work? Yeah. And and so they waited on, on some uh, reviews. April 22nd, 2010, singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell claims to be a sufferer of the condition in a Los Angeles Times article. So besides the, the baseball player, that's, that's another big name yeah. that's uh, getting out there with it. March 24th, 2011, the CDC submitted a final report for peer review and publication. And the Mayo Clinic also published a study that concluded there was no skin infestation present. So the Mayo Clinic's even doing their own thing on this, getting in in on it. And and here's the other thing is that, uh, and this is an important thing to, to, to point out, there is every reason in the world for for them to find Morgellons to be a new disease, especially if it's a parasitic infection mm-hmm. for a thousand reasons. First of all, best named way, best way to get your name on the map as a researcher, find a new disease. Mm-hmm. Huge. That's a big feather in your cap Two, uh, best way to make money. If you are a large, uh, a pharmaceutical company, find a new disease and a parasitic disease so much easier to find a treatment for. We've already got a ton of different treatments for them and they range from um, things that, you know, just a basic antifungal or just a anti-malarial pill that, I mean, malaria is a parasitic disease. Mm. Um, but then going all the way to things that like um, uh, visceral leishmaniasis is a, a disease that happens um, in a, a large part of Asia, actually. Um, and it leads to, uh, anemia. They actually call it the gray death in some parts of the world, Kala Azar in some parts of the world, because it, 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 it kills your, your blood cells. You lead, makes you very anemic. You get very pale. And to, to clean that out of your system, you got to use heavy metals. Like, Oh like, man. Yeah. <laughs> Trogdor. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so in that, and the, no one can afford to hire ice quake that often. No, but no, but they use these, they, they're getting big. They use these, uh, uh, heavy metal. Uh, I mean, I, I keep wanting to say polonium, but maybe I'm making that part up. That might not be palladium. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they use, they would use, uh, things like antimony, heavy metals, uh, which is, which is analogous to chemotherapy. It is, it is rigorous and brutal. Um, but, there are ways to do this. And so if a company, it is so much better for everyone fiscally and academically for this to be uh, a parasitic disease that is previously undescribed. Mm -hmm. There's every reason in the world, all the bad reasons, all the reasons that don't have to do with uh, helping people and curing people of this awful affliction, all of the, the really, the, the, the sad truth reasons, the like the all these are the things that people really go for. This is why things really get done. There's money and notoriety in it. And yet they keep saying, sorry, we couldn't find anything. Yeah. And then in uh, January 25th, 2012, after four years and $600,000, the CDC released the results of the study finding no infectious or environmental links. Uh, lab work was done on over 100 Morgellons patients, including blood work, skin biopsies, and interviews. And upon thorough analysis, most sores appeared to result from chronic scratching and picking without an underlying cause. The materials and fibers obtained from skin biopsy specimens 
or mostly cellulose, compatible with cotton fibers. Neuropsychological testing revealed a substantial number of study participants who scored highly in screening tests for one or more coexisting psychiatric or addictive conditions, including depression, somatic concerns... Which is, those are indicators for uh, preoccupation with health, health issues. And drug use. There was no indication that it would be helpful to perform additional testing for infectious diseases as a potential cause. Future efforts should focus on helping patients reduce their symptoms through careful attention to treatment of coexisting medical and psychiatric conditions that might be contributing to their symptoms. The patients were primarily white, middle-aged females. Half of the hair samples tested came back positive for drugs like amphetamines and cocaine. Oh, sweet burger sugar. The women presented... Say hello to my little lesions. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Coke snort. Um, The women presented with a number of neurological complaints, which included chronic fatigue, cognitive deficits, etc., but no parasites or mycobacteria were detected in biopsies of their lesions. That same year, the Morgellons Research Foundation closed down. Bam. That's, I mean, that's pretty damning. I mean, everyone is, or at least most people are aware of things like uh, methamphetamine, um, I, I used to work with a woman who had a, a, a drug problem with methamphetamines and she was covered with lesions because she was constantly scratching and picking mm. at her, her arms and, and hands. Um, because those sort of drugs induce a sensation of skin crawling, right? I believe so. I, and I, I, I am pleased to say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah. I, I haven't yet gone for meth. <laughs> I mean, I get pretty weird on liquor. You may have noticed. <laughs> haven't selected the meth out of the old vending machine, That's though. Right. Yeah, uh, next year, St. Patrick's Day, guys, liquor didn't do well. Yeah. This year, we're going to score some sweet crystal methamphetamine. <laughs> uh, and so it'll be our, our, our first uh, 38-hour episode. <laughs> So that's that's the timeline. Yeah. The the funny part is that the timeline is kind of the meat, but we also have uh, some delicious sides to go with this. Yeah. There and there's yeah. Boy, I I I don't know. Maybe this is just where we're at now as a country. It's our 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 collective unconscious. Thanks, Carl. But there is there is nothing that we can talk about that doesn't come back. To the New World Order, to the Illuminati, to the attempts to subjugate mankind. And, and I, I got to tell you, as a guy who likes to record a podcast, <laughs> couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah. we A lot of the episodes that we're talking about uh, this season so far are really kind of putting the yarn between the the pegs on the cork board <laughs> yeah and, and not 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 by planning not by planning at all yeah we we just kind of sit around like hey there's this weird thing you want to talk about that yeah let's talk about that and then yeah you then know, two days later we start texting each other you started looking at this yeah we're right back there again yeah it's like <laughs> this goes back to georgia guidestones it also puts a, a little pin back to uh robopocalypse yeah crazy uh you just mentioned carl Jung. Yeah. um Let's let's talk about treatments that, yeah. that people have come across uh, with this. 
doctors are advised to try addressing the core concern of the problem, which the medical community has concluded is delusional parasitosis, that these things are all in, in people's heads, that, that there is anything crawling on them, coming out of their skin, nothing nothing is actually alive in them. It's all there in their head that they think it is. And some doctors even go so far as to prescribe topical lotions for skin irritation or antibiotics at first in order to gain the patient's trust, and then prescribe antipsychotic drugs, which is, yeah, you know, a dick move. Uh, sometimes trying to convince their doctor that they aren't crazy, patients will bring pieces of skin, scabs, hairs, other samples from their body to show to their doctor as proof of infection. And this is known as the matchbox sign. Yeah. Or in today's terms, the Ziploc bag sign. Uh, ironically, this convinces most doctors of the exact opposite. Yeah, ex- yeah. Yeah. Once you start bringing in home samples, you got the thing that you're most afraid of and you find a way to put it in a plastic bag. <laughs> you are not going to con- you're convincing the doctor that your problem is not now, nor was it ever going to fit in a plastic bag. Yeah, that's, a, that's well put. Which which is sad because you know if something were going on with me, and I'm like, oh my god, there's there's a worm crawling in my arm. I just I cut off a piece of it, right? And this is it. This is this was literally moving under my skin. I've got it in a paper bag in a, in a plastic Ziploc bag. Will you please look at this under a microscope or do your science with it, you know? And for a doctor to be like, oh, that's great. You're f***ing crazy. Uh, and that's the, and, that's, the, and, the, and, the, and I got to say that that probably keeps a lot of people from seeking help with it because it's right. not an answer you want. And a lot of doctors, you know, just like you said before, they will, they will start with topical lotions, even though they're, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, mm, this isn't really doing it. It's more of a placebo thing, but. It, it you gain the patient's trust with that. Yeah. You create a dialogue and say, hey, how's that going? H- how's the rest of your life going? <laughs> you know, uh, how's work going? You know, don't worry. Yeah, you just keep writing me, rubbing it on. But well, what else? What yeah. else you got going hey, on? You know, like <laughs> oh, Dr. Devon, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's a it's a it's a means of gaining trust and maybe finding a way to open that sort of dialogue and say, Hey, there's someone else. Maybe, maybe you want to, you know, we, we got plenty of lotion for you, but you seem really stressed out about work and that other personal stuff that's going on. Would you like to go talk to this guy over here? You know, like yeah. those, and what do you, what do you do to relax? Do you, um, scratch, do, do you sit on the, <laughs> do you sit on the couch and play Skyrim or do you do meth? <laughs> they probably won't ask that, but they try to get to there. Right. Since the majority of doctors won't recognize Morgellons as a unique disease, patients will turn to home remedies to try and alleviate the pain and discomfort. Oh, man, there are a plenty Mm. of them. Some of these remedies have included bleach baths. uh, Electromagnetic field therapy. Yeah, I'll I'll explain that a little bit later. Uh, Cutting themselves. Just... Digging in borax. Wow. Borax baths different. I mean, there's like a whole category of stuff you put in water, then soak in it. A uh, horse deworming pills. Or oh. Medicine. Uh, how about uh, a hey, flora? 
Do you care about your family? Well, of course I do. I'm American. Then you're going to need to buy colloidal silver. It's on the list. <laughs> colloidal silver. Thanks, Alex. People will also also constantly bathe. Just can't can't scrub it out enough. Uh, alfalfa. Oh wow. Uh, alfalfa tablets, like alfalfa. I mean, a couple of different formats of alfalfa. They will spray insecticides directly on their sores. Yeah, that's that happens. Not advised. Some other things, like you said, you mentioned uh, lemons, baking soda, dish detergent, laundry detergent, alcohol. Electric shocks, everything. Yeah, pesticides. Uh, There is a uh, a running belief that, and, and, and some of these get into the fact that some people think that Morgellons is caused by nanorobots. Yeah, nanobots. Nanobots infecting their skin. There's also the belief that, uh, again, this is like really getting into conspiracy town, um, that genetically modified insects can bite you, infecting you with receptors for an insect hormone, uh, sorry, an an insect chemical called ecdysone, um, which... Uh, ecdysis in insects is is the name of the 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 process by which they they molt the uh, exoskeleton of an insect actually has these little tiny lines called uh, ecdysial lines uh, the process of ecdysis is where enzymatically these 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 lines in their exoskeleton are weakened so that the emerging insect can kind of pop them and then the that's why when you ever see I mean in Illinois uh, pretty soon it's going to be Cicada season, and you're going to see that. And when you see all these little husks around, you'll notice that the, they always break at the exact same places. It's it's not an accident. They don't just like hulk out. They, <laughs> there's a process. Uh, there's a belief that somehow people are infecting people with ecdysis receptors, um, but they don't understand what ecdysis does or ecdysone. Uh, it's it's people who don't, you know, they're just using scientific terms in in sort of a of a stew, like in a nonsensical manner to, Mm -hmm. to make, to make them some sound like, well, I've done the research I've I'm in, I'm in on this. Sure. They use a lot of weird entomological terms, a lot of research terms, and it it just, it's, it's gobbledygook. It's, it's, I'm trying, you know, there's plenty of YouTube videos about this, uh, trying to make it sound as though, well, you know, I'm the, I'm the underground scientific community and I know what's going on. And they, they, they just don't like this whole weird thing with ecdysis is particularly strange to me. Yeah. Um, that nanobots are loose and that these fibers um, and like you said, uh, heating the fibers doesn't do anything. Um, They're, they're, they're cellulose. They're, they're, they're plant fibers. Uh, Mm. You know, they're, they're cotton. They, uh, when you look at that, look online, look at uh, Morgellons fibers and you're gonna be like, do you mean the lint? Do you mean all these pictures of lint? Yeah. It'll look like little masses, little tangles of black stringy, pieces of, of fuzz and if you and have, if you magnify anything you know enough it looks sinister or weird I don't yeah, know. yeah yeah you know and and here's the or thing pretty <laughs> these people they they have open lesions on their skin from let's just let's for this moment let's just disregard how they got there whether it was from a disease that created them or if they've been scratching a lot they, these people have open lesions on their skin and they're wearing clothes and you've got this, help me, bear with me here, this glistening, open, attempting to heal lesion with cotton coming into contact with it. Even if you wear a nylon jacket all the time, just members only that shit like a pro, you're like, 
fibers, lint is going to get in there. Yeah. And it's going to adhere and it will look as though it's coming. It, it'll be, it, it'll be glued in biologically. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I mean, red and green and blue fibers. I mean, come on. Why? 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 Pigment. So people say that there are, it's an, it's a nanobot infestation and that these fibers are their waste products that it's little, little nano waste poops. Yeah. Poops that that can't be burned or that communicate with, with the overmind. Yeah. There's just so many weird things about that. And, and please understand these people usually do this out of the loss of hope. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely the last thing these people think they, they can do. You know, this this is a last-ditch effort to to try and fix this horrible thing that they're feeling. Yeah, and, and imagine this. You, you, you've you got these lesions. You're miserable. You're itchy. You're, you're in pain. You're suffering. You don't sleep from it. Yeah, you go to a doctor. You can't touch things. And he doesn't have a cream or a pill you can take. He says what you need is psycho- psychological, you know, treatment. And, and to which you say, well, I'm not crazy. I'm in pain and I'm suffering. It's, it's a spiral, mm-hmm. you know, it, once it gets started, you, you further degrade yourself. You further, you, you slick, just like you said, you don't sleep. You, you eliminate your ability to psychologically fight off this thing that's feeding on itself and you get itchier and more painful. And that makes you sleep less and makes you more desperate for, and there is no end to, uh, the, the holistic websites, the, the, Oh, I was, uh, I, there was one that was like, Oh, I, I was getting into one of my normal baths and I, it's, it's awful. I, I was just going to take a quick bath. Cause I'd done some, some housework. So I put some soap in there and just a little bit of bleach, you know, because it makes your skin really clean. Mm. And, and, uh, I thought I heard something crash in there, but I got in the bath and I couldn't believe that I saw all of the fibers just wriggling out of my body. And I was finally free of Morgellons because there was alfalfa tablets that had fallen into the bathtub and alfalfa saved me. And by the way, here's a link where you can buy alfalfa tablets mm. that happens over and over again. There's, um, again, you, you get into this mindset of there's a lot of, of, of herbal and holistic healing sources that are, that are already, indisposed to trust the mainstream medical community. Mm-hmm. They feel like they've been failed by that for a number of reasons. And, and maybe in some cases, rightfully so. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but they're already, you know, they're, they're already getting into this sort of conspiracy mindset territory. Mm-hmm. And then you say, Oh, well they don't, they don't believe anything we do. We're going to have to solve this ourselves. And everyone's got a, a crystal or a bath salt or, or an alfalfa tablet that they're hawking. To, and they're saying, well, it's just us. We have to trust each other because you can't go to doctors. They won't, they're just going to say you're crazy. I, I, there's no one getting to this point of desperation where they say, fine, I'm crazy. Just let it end. You know, like, can, what, what would that, what would that treatment look like? Let's try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe I, maybe I get on this regimen of antipsychotics. Right. And you know, and I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't, but I, I trust the people who have done this research and, and I, I just feel terrible that there are people that, that are this miserable. Yeah. They're not getting treatment. And what's worse is there's a cottage industry starting to grow up around these people, telling them not to get treatment, to do this thing, take these baths, do, you know, come to my cetacean transformation. <sighs> that's what's, that's, that's what you need. And that is the worst thing. These people are so 
miserable. Yeah, they'll at that point they'll try anything. Yeah, it's and it's heartbreaking. I, there was one YouTube video that had a someone had saved a voicemail from her mom, and she was just sobbing into the phone about how she can't sleep and she's just suffering, and it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and I feel terrible that these people are feeling this way. They are either you know, assuming, you know, if it, if it's a psychological condition and I'm willing to say it is, um, and, and not, maybe not all the time, you know, there are a lot of different skin conditions that can cause lesions. I, myself just, uh, back in October, I was on vacation and out of nowhere had this gigantic full body allergic reaction to God knows what, as far as I know, I have no allergies, right? But I, I mean, my eyes started to swell shut. I got welts all over and just itching like I couldn't imagine. And, you know, I don't know where it came from. I know these things can happen and it does make you instantly miserable. And I can't imagine living like that for, I mean, I had it for a few days. I can't imagine weeks, months, years yeah. where that puts you in your mind. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just the idea that these people feel they can't get help, that, that, that they can't accept the fact that maybe they need some psychological, like I would implore anyone, even if you don't believe it, just say, fine, let's give this a shot. Let's cross everything off the list. Yeah. And some folks believe little black specks will fall off their bodies, which reinforce the parasite or mite belief, or that with constant itching or cutting, they remove little black bits from their skin. When in reality, they may actually be removing peripheral nerve endings. They may be cutting so deep into their skin, they're getting to the nerve Ugh. and cutting off little tips of, of nerve endings, which reinforces the belief that there's something down there. Right. You get you get that buzzing feeling from nerve damage. And, you know, mm. it's, it's just, ah. Oh, it's terrible. Let's, let's go through, uh, round out mm-hmm. the... Uh, the deal with um, some explanations. We've already touched on a bunch, but let's go into some, uh, uh-huh. you know, a bit of detail on what people think this actually is, could be. Morgellons believers are convinced something is going on that is either getting covered up or ignored. Obviously, it's it's hard to walk in a sufferer's shoes, as, as we have, have you know, yeah. just spoken about. But Morgellons skeptics generally believe either A, there's something going on, but it's not a microorganism or a shadowy plot. Or B, nothing is going on and patients are delusional and should not be empowered by taking them seriously. I don't think acknowledging someone's suffering is empowering a delusion. They, but, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes. I, I mean, I agree. And the, the hatred that some skeptics, you know, show towards. Yeah towards these people is is pretty off the charts some some skeptics some people some 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 well and there's some people you know, there there are those people that just were like oh you're so dumb because you're doing this man i i know i'm, I'm I, I keep saying it like i just keep trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who who is covered in open sores and doesn't yeah. want to be yeah I yeah mean, I, don't, I would think anything. I would. I would do whatever it took. I would. I would accept anyone's belief system if I thought it would help me. Right. Ugh. One explanation which we've already talked about: chemtrails. Oh yeah, chemtrails calls it chemtrails. Yeah. Chemtrails did it. Yeah. So that that's what aerial release of nanobots or yep. nanobots are formed from or released in the particulates that the New World Order planes spray into our skies. 
My question is, why don't more people have it then? Right. Also, if, wouldn't if the only New 13, World Order be able to get it too? Yeah. I mean, if only 13,000 people have it, then that's a terrible conversion rate. Yeah. Given the amount of chemtrails that are over us. The other thing is that in that Indices thing they were talking about was about a weapon, that it's a way to weaponize. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that it incorporates things like HIV and different diseases and that these are all, it's all part of weaponizing. But, and this is an important thing that you should know and everyone should know is, is that, you know, there are countries historically that have worked on creating bioweapons. Honestly, they still are. Yeah. Every Ours included probably, but a huge important step of making a bioweapon, a step that no one can skip because otherwise it, it erases the efficacy of the weapon is you have to have a cure for it. The whole point is that they get it. We don't mm, right. that that's how a weapon works. Otherwise you just bomb yourself. You yeah. know, like it's a, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make a gun that shoots a bullet out one end and also out the other. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, you wouldn't, you know, it's yeah. Like, Oh, every time I drop a bomb, a bomb goes off in my airplane. No one does that. And in making a, a, a bio weapon without a cure, that's what that is. You, you have to create a cure or it's not a viable weapon. You're just releasing a plague. And of course they would then come back and argue, well, they have the cure and they're not giving it to us. Right. Right. And the baby looked at me. <laughs> and so, so again, then you've just created a plague. <laughs> like just knowing you have a cure doesn't like, well, I, I know how to turn the bullet off that shoots back at me out of the gun. There's a switch. <laughs> you know, like what, what does that yeah. do for you? Still have to flip yeah. it. I don't know. And that uh, that also leads into the bioterrorism, which we mentioned a while ago in the I don't, I don't know the the NWO and the medical industrial complex is somehow infecting a small percentage of the population. The ISIS terrorists that are coming over the Mexican border. <laughs> Why would they do this? Are they are they testing to see if if it works? If they're doing just such a small percentage of, of people, yeah. is this NWO tests like, oh, we're just seeing how well it, it, you know, really puts people over the edge. Yeah. And they, and they say they've got, they've gotten people from all 50 states, you know, you, it's such a small number of people in every state. Again, that, that certainly if it, again, okay, here's your science. If you're using airborne distribution, if you're using genetically modified insects, which are indiscriminate, and your national infection rate is 13,000 people out of well north of 300 million, that's not a weapon. That's yeah. like the least effective thing on earth. Yeah. You could drop, you could literally retrofit every piece of US artillery to fire tennis balls and kill more people <laughs> than releasing this agent over enemy territory. That's another thing that might need to be said too, is that people don't generally die from Morgellons disease. No. Uh, unless it becomes too much and they take their own life. Mm-hmm. But and the depression is a, a recognized part of this cycle. Right. Which duh. Right. Uh, man, the, the math, it yeah. looks, looks nice on the old chalkboard, but it doesn't, you, you can't solve for X. Yeah, no, it just, it doesn't, if it, if it was a test, then it's a test that they should have said, well, we're terrible at this. <laughs> Maybe they have. Yeah. Another possible explanation, actual bugs, some kind of organism burrowing in the skin. 
that's great, but nothing's ever been found right. alive yeah. on these people. And that's and that's a tough thing, you know, like there are some parasitic infections that, that have only one instance and you can get them there. And I, I, gosh, I wish I could remember the name. Well, I mean, there's a uh, dracunculus, which is a huge parasitic worm that can grow up to meters, plural long. Um, Didn't we do a dracunculus joke I think a long time ago? probably did. Dracunculus. <laughs> um, there's also. Mm, get uh, under your skin. <laughs> mm, how irritating can I be? Uh, there is, and I forget the name of it, but there is. A uh, subcutaneous worm that does it does create all these symptoms, and they're hundred percent right. The itching, the craziness, uh, and it's it's a single worm. Like they can find it, they can track <laughs> it down. There are sounds like one of those things that would go up your pee hole. <laughs> That's pee hole worm. But there, there, there's just you know there there are so parasitology is is something that people are very knowledgeable of. There are experts all over the world on it because unfortunately it's still a problem that like, huge parts of the world have to deal with. So n- no man, if they were if it was there they'd find it. It's yeah. as simple as that. They've had all the time in the yeah, world. Yeah, too many tests have been done. You you can't say no. This thing is just so hard to find that after ten years no one's ever found anything. How about? Uh, how about this one? Aliens. Oh, George Sukalos. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. I don't even know how that meshes together. Uh, apparently, some kind of alien life forms survive Atmo burn, or they're maybe buried in a meteor or something. They jump uh, out. The space shuttle brings it back down from... Yeah, yeah. start taking over our bodies, or, or at least getting in. They're they're alien. They're they're not of this earth. Yeah, and so um, that's why they they exhibit different characteristics than than. Uh, um, there's there's also one test that that they say was conducted where they put them under a black light or something, and and they looked like the insides, the fibers were glowing, which it shouldn't. If it was inorganic, it would never have have emitted light or or something like that. I'm, I'm, it's one of the things I've, I found in I mean, a couple like a, places, but a white hundred percent cotton t-shirt will fluoresce like a mother liquor. No, it was like, it glowed red. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't. Yeah. There was, it's something that was out there. It was so off the wall. I didn't, didn't write it down, but I did find it in a couple places. I don't know, but that, that was under the alien bucket. I'm sure anything's alien. right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Easily done. Psychosomatic condition. Yeah, it's all in the head. Owing to a cocktail of internet scare, mass shared delusion, maybe a dash of Munchausen syndrome, which is um, you you want to be sick to get attention, right? Well, I know I, Munchausen by proxy is where you need to make someone else sick by proxy, but just regular oh, just Munchausen. Munch- oh yeah, yeah. I think is yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, and and possibly other undiagnosed conditions such as allergies, dementia. Hives, diabetic neuropathy, skin cancer, drug abuse. Yeah. The list goes on. Yeah. The meth crawlies. There's, there's just, and they all, they all just make me feel bad. There's, there's enough, there are enough horses stampeding around that cause people to be miserable that you don't have to invent a zebra. <laughs> Listen to you. It's ultimately hard to say for sure without experiencing it, of course. Yeah. But, 
just throwing throwing this little bit out there as German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer said, all truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well, well. Let's hope it's uh, delusion. <laughs> right. That's that is the best case scenario, I think. In in this, I'm voting for delusion. I, I don't know. I I just feel bad for those folks. Yeah. Yeah. As do I. That's what we got though on uh, Morgellons disease. Yeah. In a very crawly, itchy, stinging twenty first century nutshell. nutshell. Mm. Ugh. Ooh. Double up. Ooh. Ooh. And now we've got um, something that will truly make your skin crawl. Yeah. It'll get in under there, burrows in. It's just a little little stinging, little little itch. You just want to cut it out. It's going all up and down your arm. Oh, you could you swear you can see something on there. It's just just crawling, just crawling right down. It's burnt. <laughs> What do you think of the new sound? I like it. It was really nice. Really well done. You did all the... You took all those notes really well. I'm a big fan. Huge fan. <laughs> Flora, would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? Why don't you go first? Okay. There is actually a historical record going way, way farther into history than the 1600s. Oh, wow. That there was also, uh, again, an irritation, um, reddening, some some lesions that it was it was a disease that affected uh magic practitioners in particular the the case in point was for uh merlin oh yeah yeah and it was believed that perhaps someone in in his area someone in his sphere of influence in his circle of of known associates was was actually causing it um and it was actually known as morgellon lefay's disease i see i see mhm did you like that mm, yes <laughs> What do you got? Well, I got another uh, figure from history. Oh, great. Just an incredible asshat in the medical industry. Whoa. Was was rich beyond belief at the time. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of money in uh, um, in the pharmaceuticals. Also was just a big old douche to everybody. And now has uh, uh, a bank set up in, un, under his name, which just... Oh, wow. Yeah, it, and you don't want anything to do with it because just the company makes your skin crawl. Wow, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it was uh, J.P. Morgellon. Nice. That's a good one. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. I mean, history is full of this when you really get back into it. I have an account of uh, from the year 250 AD in what is now known as Italy. Uh, soldiers for the empire unwittingly transmitting a horrible skin condition that was, was seen to be not only a heartbreak to the empire, but also a great strength because it also weakened their enemies. Uh, they ended up calling it the Roman lesions. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. Super gross lesion joke. Phalanx. Uh, all right. One more. I have a place for when, um, when it gets, well, it, it doesn't. It's all over. You can. Uh-huh. They, they have agents everywhere. But uh, there is one one place where it's located. There's like one agency. Mm-hmm. But they they handle everything that like when when it gets so hot, your your skin just kind of like it gets real sweaty and. Oh yeah. 
and you just you don't want to be in in your skin anymore. Nobody you, does. You want to get rid of it. You want somebody to help you. Well, yeah. uh, can they? They can because you know when it gets that hot, right? Real and nasty. Hot. You want to call up the Center for Degrees Control. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> Them's puns. Them's puns. Oh, and the only thing that scratches the itch better than a pun is a little bit of listener All right, kicking it off. Uh, we're going to march through time with Scott B. Uh-huh. Wait, didn't we promise we we're going to stop using that one? Yeah. Oh, sh- Let's see here. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it. In the year 2015, all of America's international assets have already been deployed to quell the rise of terrorism, communism, hedonism, and ventriloquism. None of them worked. So when America runs out of plan A... It's time to rely on Scott B. Looks like you guys have a problem. My dummy! (laughs) This summer, Scott B. is your first stop for action. I don't know. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. (laughs) Scott B. writes the following. In chronological order. (laughs) It's your second favorite, Scott. I know you like Scott A so much more. No need to lie. Sniffle. (laughs) Really like the the Druids podcast. Made him want to do some more research. Yeah. Found out that Elvis became a figure revered by the Druids. Uh, It may be because he would uh, help guide souls to the other side with his soulful songs. All the time, of course, sporting his trademark haircut, the Psycho Pompadour. Yeah. That's right. Oh, the psycho pompadour. I'll thank you very much. <laughs> Says, uh, happy we're back. Make some shirts. Our loyal yeah. fan. Yeah. Scott psycho pomp B also writes <laughs> Scott B hits us with this burning update. I need everyone's full attention. You know, I had a turkey sandwich just a little bit ago. Mm. It's not sitting well in my stomach. Oh. Just wanted to tell somebody. <laughs> anyway, has anyone suggested that blurry photos fans just be called blurbs? Hmm. Well, back to drinking. Opa! Scott <laughs> the turkey sandwich B. And moving on, uh, how about a pun? I'll take it. Uh, Love the Fountain of Youth episode. Was Thanks. wondering if in our research we stumbled upon the female conquistador. Yes, there was a female conquistador that was searching not only for the Fountain of <laughs> Sounds Youth. Sounds like you're saying conquistador, and I like it. <laughs> not only for the Fountain of Youth, but also for some adventure. She didn't actually even like the term conquistador. She preferred explorer. You know, conquistadora, the explorer. No me gusta. (laughs) She was the one who told off Diego Columbus. She was all like, (laughs) go, Diego, go. (laughs) He keeps hitting it. Take care and have a happy spring. Thanks. Scott Macrobian. Oh, yeah. Love this. And finally, from our buddy Scott B, when the living is easy. Oh, that might be it. On the subject of aeronautical mysteries and mouth harmonica, um, 
You guys mentioned that you may do a show about aeronautical mysteries. We may. Yep. I would really be interested in your take on the Sten Deck mystery. Don't okay. know what that is, but I'm going to find out. Also, I don't know if this falls into the aeronautic category or if this would be in like an aeronaut mysteries category. But how about the recordings of the Judaica Cordiglia brothers and what is believed to be a recording they got out of a lost female Russian cosmonaut? Ooh. Hmm. Creepy. Super creepy. Again, thanks for your contributions to Society and the Planet. Scott, insert descriptive noun here, B. Oh, what are we, a uh, descriptive noun? Yeah. Um, how, what it, you mean an adjective? <laughs> In, um, how about um, Scott, the rampaging hippopotamus B? It's descriptive and there's a noun in it. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Flora, what do you got? Uh, thank you, Scott. We have heard from longtime listener, first time writer, Cthulhu Druid. Whoa! Cthulhu Druid. Cthulhu? Cthulhu Druid. That's We're how drunk. you're supposed to pronounce it. Yeah, what do we got? It says, thank you so much for keeping him entertained and for making him laugh out loud at Awesome! Work. Lol. Uh, thank you, Cthulhu Druid. And he wants to thank us for the sensible and respectful way that we covered the subject of Druids and Druidism. We don't often get accused of being respectful or, or sensible. sensible. He's, he says he's been a member of a Druid order since 1991. Awesome. And was very pleased to hear us tackle the subject of modern Druidry in such an accepting and open manner. That's what we do. Yep. Changed Dave's mind on Wicked. Uh, uh, just being cool, okay? Are you? Yeah. And he wants to uh, pick up on a few points that came up real quick. Which, oh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm loving. I, I love that we have a, a real-life druid in here. He says, most large druid organizations are commonly knows, known as druid orders. In OBOD, the one he's uh, a member of, he says local membership bodies are known as either groves or seed groups. Hmm. And individual membership is broken down into grades. The most commonly used druid symbol is called the Awen, which is three spheres with three rays. Um, I think I mentioned that, and I, I cut it out for some reason when we were talking about it. Uh, yeah, when we recorded, I mean. Probably my fault. Eh, whatever. But, like, it's it's three three lines in a, b- beside each other, and then the three little dots ab- above them is right. is how you would see it seen it just drawn but it's three spheres with three rays and it roughly means flowing inspiration uh historically there's a strong connection between druidry and wicca uh gerald gardner the founder of modern wicca right and ross nichols the founder of the obod were close friends both of them were members of the same druid order which was the ancient druid order he thinks and Nudist clubs. Hey, um, they're called skyclad clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, try to tell that to that ass. <laughs> <laughs> they drew much of their inspiration and ideas from the same material, but took slightly different approaches in how they used it. Which, no pun intended, is why there are so many similarities between the two. Hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Which. Many of the secret and semi-secret societies of the late 1800s were beneficent societies. The idea was that you paid your various membership fees and attend regular meetings where there would be feasting, drinking, talks, debates, socializing, etc. And arm wrestling. And uh, nude arm wrestling. (laughs) Money raised by the society would then be used for charitable purposes or to help support society members and their families who had fallen on hard times due to illness or injury. Remember... 
These were the days before the welfare state and television. Yep. In Britain, we generally use the term druidry, but druidism is more commonly used in America. However, it pretty much means the same thing. Huh. Says once again, thank you for an excellent way you covered modern druidry and for providing such a wonderful podcast. A thank you, Cthulhu Druid. Thank you. And if we've ever got any questions about druidry, please feel free to drop me a line. Thank you so much for for writing that. It's always great to uh, hear insight from actual people who are involved and know exactly what they're doing, <laughs> <laughs> and not just you know yeah. pages on on a website that that we read or no, books I, that we read. No, that's awesome. That's really good to know. And yeah. I thank you. I yeah. mean, that's I I can't think of a, a higher praise than having us cover a subject and then having someone who's you know that's a part who of their lives. Yeah. yeah, and it's like hey. That was great. Thanks for getting the, awesome. the word out. Yeah, that's, that's what awesome. we want to do. Thank you, Cthulhu Druid. Tree. Tree. Yeah. What do you got? Oh, well, let's see here if I could just... Dramatic guitar. Horse sound. Because ha-ha! The return of Don Luke is upon us. Oh, Don Luke. He writes to us like it is. Querido Sergeant Garcia, did you listen to the it is a letter, a private letter from Don Luke to me? I will allow you to listen, but please do not interrupt because this is a flow of conversation. Because we are such good close friends. We love each other very much in a very platonic manner. <laughs> did uh, he, he writes to me, Sergeant Garcia? Uh, did you listen to the most recent Blurry Photos podcast? I am most disappointed in the way in which they discussed the life and history of Carl Jung. There was not nearly enough information on what Carl Jung had for breakfast on April 23rd, 1917. It is well known that he would start each day with a Myers Eggs Parsomlet and a tall glass of Collective on Coffee with, huh. with Dream and archetypes. <laughs> He makes jokes because it is a pun. Is a joke we shared. <laughs> Felicidades, Don Luke. P.S. Stecco's Titanic moment was the greatest 30 seconds of podcasting history. I don't care who knows it. <laughs> Thank you. Gracias, Don Luke. Dramatic guitar. Got one more here? Uh, I got one, too. I uh, heard from... Eradicus. Oh, well met, General. What news from the front? He was General Ironicus. Yeah, yeah, he's still a general. Okay, good. And he's also our personal friend. We we got to meet him. We so. did get to meet Ironicus. Yeah, we caught a late night train with him. Midnight train to Georgia. A true gentleman. Too right. Too right. He writes us with a pun. <gasps> he says, you know, people wouldn't have to wonder where Europeans first landed in Florida if they'd put up a big flashing sign. Too bad they didn't bring Ponce de Neon. Nice. That's good. Eternal life has already been solved, though, through the science of cryonics as pioneered by Ponce de Freon. <laughs> He's on it. He likes gases. He likes the noble gases. Keep hitting the, the, the midsection of the noble gases, Ironicus. We, we'll listen to it. Oh, we sure will. We'll, we'll think of a new element for you. Thank you, Ironicus. <laughs> Uh, you know, rounding this out, Flora, did you see, uh, have you seen the new Batman Superman little, little trailer there? I have. 
What do you think? Do you think you always have to be grittier? No. That everything, I mean, because everybody's, I mean, everyone's favorite movie from the 80s was Lemon. And now they're making. what? Yeah. And now they're doing that remake. Lemon? That now they're just like, oh, well, this is what we're doing. So now, you know, summer 2016, Dark Lemon. (laughs) This is darker, grittier. The Dark Lemon Rises. Yeah. Yeah, he's this isn't the this isn't the listener mail we deserve, but it's the listener mail we have. Yeah, I got, I got uh, Dark Lemon writes. Lemon begins. Uh, for, yeah, nice. Uh, he uh, likes the shiny new website. Oh, so thanks. Thank you. So he says so. Young, eh? This is going to go well for me. <laughs> Always does. Well recovered in the podcast. Young wasn't on board with the whole ego, super ego, etc. No, no, he was doing something different, something fresh. At one point, he even took his soul searching to the middle of the woods so he could live amongst the trees and rocks and the plants. Some say he went new id. Also, like druid. Really, Flora? I get nonspecific hatred because of that time he f***ed up his intro. And Lana gets butt first aid. How is that fair? <laughs> Excellent question, Dark Poor Lemon. Question. Excellent Dave question. Has manufactured. <laughs> A, a, a war on Flora. <laughs> the liberal bias in the media. No, I think that's an excellent question. His nope. time has come. No. Nope. Yeah, that's no. Nope. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't do that. Go back. I was go trying back. to give you like this great, huge start off, and Flora was like, "No." But you know what? 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 Butt first aid. You, 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 you didn't give butt first aid to this situation. I will give butt first aid to anyone who asks for it. Will you? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're the one who's manufacturing this mm-hmm. this hatred for Dark Lemon, which who whom I love by trying to do the best job I can for him every time and being thwarted by you consistently. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right. It's my Hyperbole. fault. Um, Dark Lemon, I'm sorry. I, I didn't try harder. I I, I didn't. I, I it's my fault. I, I should have somehow overcome Flora's constant attempts to undermine you. And I'm just you, not that good. And I'm sorry. Amazing. That's my fault. It's you're my simultaneously fault. brainwashing. And making making him feel pity for you. I gotta tell you, I am a I'm a evil super villain. There you go. Yeah, here I am. You know, just doing what I do, which is cruel and terrible. <laughs> Dark lemon continues. Okay. <laughs> Keep punching. Oh, damn it! Keep punching them Titanic holes. Dark ah. lemon. P.S. What did the German skeptic call the devilish apparition at Grey Cat's feast? Oh, fine geist. <laughs> That was Layered. nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Haven't heard from Grey Cat in a while. Hope everything's yeah. going well. I hope you're still listening to the podcast. And if you're not, I still hope things are going well. Flora, on the other hand, is probably getting pretty vindictive about it. You there know, he goes he, again. You know, he gets. There he goes again. <laughs> you're a monster, Dave Flora. And that will close out our listener mail for this episode. That's right. Still got more to get to. Yeah, so much more. We'll probably have a supplemental coming up here, but do not stop writing in. Do not stop with the Don't faces booking because we love it. Do not stop book. liking us on the faces book. Like us on the five star book. reviews on the iTunes. Five Follow us on the Twitter. That's always fun to do. <laughs> and don't forget to vote for Flora on America's Got Models. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried to put all of them together at once. <laughs> yep. That's all it is anymore. Don't forget to donate. Don't forget ha, to donate. Ha, ha, ha. Remember, remember how you donated? And, yeah. And, and now you don't want to forget to do it again. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not sure that first one took. <laughs> uh, don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get yourself a free audio book. Mm-hmm. Right on us. Boom. 
And then don't forget to check out our sponsors that, that we are, are being sponsored by. That's right. They're awesome. Indeed. And that'll do it for this episode of <laughs> Blurry Photos. <laughs> I've been David Floor Gellens. Oh, nice. And I'm Dave, the open itching lesion stecco. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, stop it. Oh, bye. Grossest outro ever. General Hainspittle. Did somebody call for me? Dr. Leia Lines, lovings of my life, you are not of the dead. No, Dr. Devod, I'm not of the dead. This makings me so happy, happier than time that on birthday I had goat over with hat on. Oh, I had a bet with myself that I'd hear a goat story within the first 30 seconds, Doctor. You win! And now I win, for I have my true lovings back. Hold up there, buddy. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta ask a few questions here. You were supposed to be dead and gone, but now you're back. If you sing King Arthur... I'm sorry, what? Yeah, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. B- bad time. I gotta get back to the precinct. Uh, doctor, thank you for your time. Bye. Now we have lots of much to talk about. The only thing I'm here to talk about is why G.T. Mongoose is suddenly trying to chug that bottle of Southern Comfort that just rolled into town. I don't think he drinkings of the bottle of the, the comforts. The bo- bottle is half the size of him. It was a clever metaphor, doctor. The only reason I became a doctor was to avenge my sister's death, which I believe to be at the hands of G.T. Mongoose. That is startling's reveal! And now for a hug! Hey, buddy, back off. Hey, buddy! Why you, why you no affections with me? Let me say this in a way you'd understand. I was never no having affections with you. I was like goat that belonged to next door man. No! And I'm your sister. No! Your pregnant sister. No! Who sold the only goat we had. Next time on General Hainspital. It doesn't have to go down this way, man. I won't have to shoot you, but you gotta tell me what you know. Just give me a reason to use this scalpel. Come on! How did you know it was me selling organs? What? Oh no, I. I thought you were King Arthur. Damn it. Come on! <laughs> <laughs>